Welcome to How Now, the podcast where we talk about how to live in the now. And here's your host, Kim Martin Raymond. Peace and blessings, love and light, and welcome to this edition of the How Now podcast, where we talk about how to live in the now. I am your host, Kim Martin Raymond. I'm a minister, spiritual life coach, author, and founder of Redefining You LLC, where I help my clients to realign themselves, mind, body, and spirit. And if this is your first time listening to the How Now podcast, welcome to the How Now podcast family. Make sure that you go to my website, www.hownowpodcast.com. Pick your favorite podcast platform and follow, like, and share. And if you are more of a visual learner, you can go to the bottom of the page, click on the banner, and it will take you to the How Now YouTube channel where you can look at some of our shows in review and you can click on that subscribe button and the notification bell so that you'll know when our programs are airing each Wednesday at 8 p.m. So remember, go to www.hownowpodcast.com and like, follow, and share. We're happy you're here. Okay, so let's get into tonight's topic. We are going to be talking about from balance to burnout. Okay, and that's something that is uh, been going on for quite some time for a lot of individuals. You know, we have gone through a pandemic. We are still in the throes of this pandemic going into year three can you believe it? Year three of this pandemic and, and people have had to make some pivots. People have made some changes with regards to work. We've seen people who have, have just, you know, who are just, you know, going through the flow with regards to their jobs and, and not really feeling like it's a place that they want to be. So there's been some professional and some personal burnout that's been taking place, you know, through, through, you know, everyone's walk of life. There hasn't been any individual that hasn't been affected by this. And we want to talk more about that. And we want to talk about how to get from that place of burnout into a place of more balance. And we're going to have this lovely young lady here who is a <laughs> professional in this, this very topic talk about that. And as is customary with the How Now podcast, I'm going to have her to introduce herself at this time. Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Sola Togan-Butler. I am the founder, CEO, and licensed clinical therapist at Butterfly Counseling Services. I am also the founder, CEO, and certified life professional at Transformative Coaching and Consulting. And I am so excited to, to be here today. Awesome. Awesome. We are so glad that you are here because this is such a sensitive topic, you know, and as the holidays are approaching, you know, a, a lot of uh, you know, people are experiencing all kinds of emotions and a myriad of emotions. And I'm sure that that's something that um, you've seen in your practice. So before we talk a little bit more about that, let's talk about what was going on in your business prior to the pandemic. Were you having, you know, what were your clients looking like at that point? 
Absolutely. So Butterfly Counseling Services actually opened up January of 2020, mm-hmm. literally two months before the pandemic. Wow. Um, the business started. And a lot of the clients were looking to deal with issues of, you know, depression and anxiety and wanting to connect with a therapist or practitioner that was, you know, culturally competent and culturally sensitive. So mm-hmm. understood where they were coming from mm-hmm. um, was very, very important. Um, so the practice was a hybrid model. So clients could come into the office or clients can be seen virtually. And that was the plan was to keep it as a hybrid model when the practice opened. Um, But things changed um, as of March, 2020, when, you know, the pandemic was the pandemic hit. Right, right. And so, I mean, just like you said, so it's wonderful. It was, it was a hybrid, the, the forward thinking, you know, who yeah. would have thought that, you know, having <laughs> that hybrid would become something that would be, you know, mainstream as opposed to being optional, you know, to be able to have people to come in. But, um, you know, just like you said, you're talking about people coming in and talking about people saying, well, what, you know, you know, I'm having anxiety, I'm having depression over different aspects of my life. Was there anything that, that, you were targeting in particular with regards to, you know, your, your niche or your, your target audience? Absolutely. In terms of the target audience, we're looking at um, a lot of interpersonal relationships. So mm-hmm. people were seeking therapy because their interpersonal relationships were not where they wanted it to be. And it was causing them the anxiety and was causing them some of the depression. Also, we had clients who were seeking services due to the fact that um, they're trying to adjust to a new culture. So we had a huge um, immigrant population. So they were struggling with the, you know, acculturation process. Um, We also had parents who were seeking therapy to have a better relationship with their children. They felt that their kids uh, maybe were exhibiting some behavioral issues. They were not sure how to address that. So the practice really opened to a diverse client population who had diverse needs. Um, And it was very, very important to me to be able to help clients meet those needs, which was why we had the flexibility of either a hybrid or coming, you know, in person to receive, you know, therapeutic services. I love that. I love that, that you do that, that, you know, there was, there was so much diversity there because there are so many issues. And I know that there are so many people that have particular niches. And, and I think it is important to, to expand a little bit so that that way people don't feel as though, you know, well, it's not quite what I need, but they want to be able to come in and ask those questions. They want to be able to come in and, and have someone feel them out. And we, we, you know, we know the difference between, uh, you know, being a therapist and being a life coach, you know, and, and having both of those services available. Um, and I'm sure that brought some flex- flexibility to your business as well. So talk a little bit about that, because I know you're a licensed therapist, but you're a life coach as well. Absolutely. And that's a great point. Um, With being a licensed clinical therapist, you are licensed, but you're only licensed in certain states. Mm -hmm. So it limits you know, the amount of, you know, clients that you can work with. So they have to be in the States where you're licensed, which was the reason that I started a coaching business, because with coaching, it allowed me to take my desire to help others to be able to do it all over the country internationally. I can work with clients. I wasn't limited by um, a particular state based on my license. So, you know, talk about pivoting, you know, that was a pivot for me, like, let me get into coaching so that I can expand and help more people 
focusing on issues of burnout and, and stress, which people experience on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, feeling very stressed out or overwhelmed with um, life stressors, the, the responsibilities that they need to take care of, being very stressed out with work, with school. So that was the reason that I decided to become a certified life coach and open up a, a coaching and consulting business. Awesome. That's awesome. And I mean, and, and it makes sense. So like I said, uh, you know, starting it as a, as a hybrid, hybrid business and, and, you know, looking at the clientele and looking at the needs that they have once COVID hit, I mean, I'm sure there was a surge in, in the people that were coming and seeking out services. Um, and what did that look like? Yes, absolutely. Once COVID hit, I think a lot of people felt very isolated. Mm. Um, a lot of life transitions were happening. So people were struggling with what I call the adjustment process. Mm -hmm. So people had routines every day. Now, all of a sudden, those routines had changed. Um, people were home more, which meant that they had to address issues that maybe work was distracting them from. Mm -hmm. um, people's way of life had changed. And also during the pandemic, we were dealing with people, um, grief and loss. People had lost loved ones. People had lost their way of life. They had lost their jobs. They were unsure what to do. Um, a lot of people were very scared. People were scared mm -hmm. to leave their homes. They were scared for their loved ones. So mm -hmm. during the pandemic, we saw a lot of people reaching out for mental health services, which in a way I was glad that there was already the hybrid model. Right. So clients were able to just easily transfer into that hybrid model so that mental health services could continue. Because right. if I was only seeing people in person, right. that would have been a problem because we all had to, you know, quarantine. Right. So the fact that, you know, it was a hybrid model, I was able to very easily, you know, transfer the clients online so that they can continue to receive mental health services, especially during the pandemic yeah. um, and all the stressors that come with living under the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, the, the timing on that couldn't have been more perfect because it's like you said, you were able to transition them because people didn't know where to go or, or, or how to seek services or if they really needed to continue, they, they didn't have that option. Absolutely. And, so, and that can be that can be a frightening place to be, especially if you're at a place of breakthrough or you are, you know, were at a certain stage with your clientele to be able to, to move them to their next step. And now here comes this pandemic and they're unable to do that or they're right. unable to, to do it consistently. Or I'm sure that there are some who have gone to, you know, had gone to having phone calls, but you know, it's so different when you can't, you know, see that body language or, or, or see the facial expressions. All you can do is rely on the tone. So I'm sure that that was a bit of a, of a, of a change to make too, as you were even making the hybrid and making that transition to be able to say, okay, now I've got to, you know, get that kind of vibe from the person and they're not physically here. So I'm sure that that, that had its own challenges as well. Correct. Absolutely. Um, because with virtual sessions, the reason that I prefer to do video is so that I could see the body language and I can see, see the reactions. Um, and for myself personally, I had actually been doing virtual sessions since 2016 when it wasn't very popular. Wow. And I just had a feeling that virtual therapy is, uh, is going to be something in the future. I just had that feeling mm -hmm. because the clients that I was seeing virtually in 2016, they liked the convenience of it. Yes. The convenience was very important. Like I don't have to travel to, right. to see you for a session. And when I had the practice as a hybrid model, clients that would see me in person, 
once they had to do a session virtually, I never saw them in the office again. <laughs> <laughs> I bet because I mean, yeah. just like you said, there there's a convenience and things that yeah. come along with that. So you know, it's wonderful to have that platform for them and to have that option set that way, you know, like you said, there's no hiccups in service. And I guess that's why they do that also for the children and having the hybrid uh, with regards to their education, because we, we, we don't want them to have those breaks that can happen, you know, because when yeah. breaks like that happen, there, there's always, and I guess in, in any aspect of any type of therapy or any type of learning or any type of, of processing, you know, there's going to be some regression when there's an, mm-hmm. a hard stop that comes, you know, yeah. to, to services that are being rendered. So it's it's wonderful that, that you have those options available to them. So let's now talk about burnout. Let's just talk about mm-hmm. some of the things. So, you know, for, for those who are not really sure if that's what they're experiencing because there are so many labels for so many things. There are so many diagnoses that kind of overlap. So what are some things that people may experience as they're going through burnout? Sure. And I want to start by just defining what burnout is because we hear the word a lot and people yes. might wonder what is burnout. So burnout is is like a state of physical, emotional, and mental exhaustion as a result of prolonged exposure to stress. So people have symptoms such as fatigue. People report symptoms of depression. They report symptoms of anxiety. Um, Some of the physical symptoms could be headaches, migraines, gastrointestinal issues, um, difficulty getting through the day. I've had clients describe it as I feel like a zombie, like I just don't know how I'm going to get through the day. Mm. Um, people report feelings of isolation. Um, they report um, difficulty maintaining a work-life balance. Yeah. They feel like the interpersonal relationships are being affected. I don't have time to spend with my children. I don't have time to spend with my partner. Um, I don't have time to address any issues going on because I am just so drained and exhausted that it's just very difficult for me to to get through my day wow wow and that's a lot that is a lot i mean and and that falls under the umbrella of of, of a lot of things like you said because you're talking about depression and with depression comes anxiety and with Mm -hmm. that comes exhaustion and so yeah there there are i'm sure a lot of people out there who can say you know and myself included i can think about i I can think of some of these things i'm like yeah that's me okay yeah (laughs) i'm feeling a little bit of that i mean you know it's it's easy to get to that point of exhaustion and and when you get there and and you realize that you know you need the help and you go out and you get that help what is something that that uh you know you can start someone off with with regards to to starting to deal with this how can they begin to you know start the process of of getting to a place of balance absolutely when we're on the path to burnout what i've often noticed with clients is self neglect mm. we have neglected ourselves And we do not have, or we have very limited boundaries. Mm. So that's the imbalance. I always tell my clients, life is about, you know, you take care of yourself, you take care of others. It has to be a balance. What has happened is they're at the bottom and everything else is at the top. So the first thing that I work with my clients on is what is some self-care technique that you can incorporate into your schedule every single day Mm. to get you back to balance? And a lot of these self-care techniques could be as little as five minutes. Mm -hmm. Because when we talk about self-care, people think, you know, do you mean like an hour and a half at the gym? 
Do you mean, you know, 45 minutes, you know, jogging around the neighborhood? I'm like, literally five minutes. Right. If you can incorporate this into your schedule every day to give your body a chance to relax, mm-hmm. you know, to get yourself into a calm body, it really does make a difference. And when I tell people five minutes, 10 minutes, people are more receptive because they feel like I can make time for that. I can, I can look at my Google calendar and carve out those five minutes to be able to do maybe some, you know, some deep breathing, Mm -hmm. or I I teach my clients how to soothe with the senses, using your senses to, to soothe yourself. And that's the first place I start self-care and self-compassion. Very, very important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and and like you said, it starts with some telltale questions. I like that you said that, you know, you're, you're asking them, you know, are, are you putting yourself first, you know, or or do you feel like, you know, you're, you're defined by the roles that you play in everyone else's life? And that's yes. something that is so critical, especially as women, you know, mm-hmm. we, we tend to do that. We tend to take on the role of mom and wife and worker yeah. bee. And, and so we get so caught up in those roles that, you know, we, we don't feel like there's time for anything else. We forget about ourselves, our dreams, our aspirations, those types of things. And, and they take a back seat to making sure that everyone else is taken care of. And so, you know, that's a, that's a big part of, of, you know, even identifying that you're in that place of burnout because we get caught in that vacuum and sometimes we see it. That is true. That is absolutely true. And that's the cognitive um, restructuring that I work with my clients on, because a lot of that is a belief system. Mm -hmm. I believe that I must do all of these things. I must be everything to everyone. Everybody else comes first. And those belief systems can lead to burnout. So part of working with clients is restructuring that to say, you know, I can take care of myself. I can come first. You know, I can take time off to take care of myself. So kind of restructuring some of those belief systems, you know, around, you know, self-care yeah. because, you know, I, I've met clients that wear busyness as a badge of honor. Oh, yes. You know, it's a badge of honor. So even to, <laughs> to take... <laughs> present <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the idea of like 30 minutes to themselves just to relax it's, yeah. it's like they can't even imagine that like right. oh I must be doing something so it's kind of working to restructure belief systems around you know putting ourselves first and self-care yeah yeah it is important it is important and like I said I raised my hand there because that's what happened we you know we get caught up out I'm your checklist girl you know, I'm that person that I have a checklist. And it's like, check, 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 check. Okay. Yeah. Right. I did everything. But, but if I'm not careful, mm-hmm. I can become almost robotic. Yeah. So everything just becomes check. You know, it's like get up 530, ding, eat breakfast, you know, exercise from, from 530 to 630, ding, make sure that you eat your breakfast, ding, make sure that you get to work, ding, 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 ding. You know, and then it just becomes, you know, it, it's, I become, I'm on autopilot. Yes. You know, and so it, it becomes a, you know, like you said, a badge where I'm just like, oh, wow. Okay. I got everything on my checklist done today. But then how do I feel at the end of the day? I'm exhausted, drained, you know, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, I did everything. And, and yes, you feel a little bit of a sense of accomplishment, but then mm-hmm. it's just like, uh, is it false accomplishment or is it, you know, am I really happy or am I just happy that I was able to check off everything on the list? You know, not that yeah. I did those. And was I present when I was doing it or was it, like I said, I'm, I was on autopilot. Right, right, mm-hmm. exactly. And I think too, when people take a break 
they often talk about feeling guilty. I feel guilty because I'm doing nothing. Right. And I tell my clients, let's restructure that word nothing because you are doing something. You're resting, right? recovering, replenishing, all of those things. You're giving your body a chance to recover. So you are doing something. And people find that to be very helpful because now that when they're resting, like I am doing something, I'm giving my body a chance to recover. This is my time of respite. Um, because if they feel like they're not doing anything, then their mind's thinking of all the things that they're not doing. I haven't done this. I haven't done that. And they're not really in that moment, right? relaxing and taking that time to really replenish. Yeah. Because then what happens is you're that person that needs a vacation from your vacation. Yes. You didn't rest. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> rest the whole time you were thinking about all the things that you should have been doing or getting, you know, or you were tethered to your phone or you you took your yes. laptop with you and you were sitting on the beach, but you were still sitting there checking email right. and being on the phone. And it's just like, no, 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 that's not rest. But one thing that I think of when I think of, of balance, you know, there are some people who are going to see it as it's just a, you know, it's either up or down, you know, that's what it is. I like to, to, to use the word harmony because yes. I feel that it's more fluid. It's, yes. more fluid. it's more of a combination of, of how I'm incorporating my life with my work life, with my mm -hmm. home life, you know, and, and finding that, finding that harmony yes. that, that, it, that needs to be created. And so it's important, an important point too, that it, it's about not just, you know, up and down black or white. There's a whole lot of gray areas we know in, in, in different aspects of our life, but I like that you tie it, that is, that you say interpersonal. Yes. And that's something that that's key mm -hmm. talking about, you know, thought processes and mindsets and, and relationships, because you're relating to different people on different levels. Yes. So, so talk a little bit more about that interpersonal piece, because that's something that, you know, we want to make sure that people are clear on. Sure. Interpersonal is our interaction with others, mm -hmm. our interaction, whether in our relationships with our colleagues, you know, with our friends, how do we relate to others? Mm -hmm. And emotional intelligence is the awareness of how, what's going on with us. So that when we know what is going on with us, we're more aware of what's going on with others. Now, if I am not taking care of myself, if I'm not really processing my emotions, if I'm not aware of my emotions, it's going to impact how I relate to other people. And then with burnout, I've seen cases where it negatively impacts those relationships. So interpersonal is understanding that everyone brings a story into how they interact with us. And when we are coming from balance, we are more able to understand those stories and relate to that person in a healthy way. But if we are burnt out and I'm not even paying attention to what's going on with me, I'm definitely not paying attention to what's going on with you. And then those wires are crossed and those relationships are much more impacted negatively because of that. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And it makes me also think of another buzzword that we hear empathy. We yes. have to operate out of a space of empathy and we have not seen a lot of empathy lately. We have had some people who are getting, getting self-care and things like that. Some people are getting that mixed up with, with being self-absorbed. They're mm. so absorbed in themselves that they are not even aware of other people's emotions or, or they discount how others feel about things that are going on in their lives because they're so focused on theirs. So there, there are so many levels 
to to those interpersonal relationships that you're talking about that that we need to you know have a level of awareness but i love that you said it starts within yes absolutely absolutely and kind of in line to something that you had mentioned earlier about like the harmony and the fact that they are gray areas i think it's really important that um they they talk about it being an and world a and d meaning that things can come together as opposed to being an or or world and that's the and like all these things can balance together that I can be aware of what's going on with me and be aware of what's going on with others. It's not one or the other. It is that connection. So I always tell my clients, remember, it's an and world, A-N-D. It could be both, not an or, not one or the other. So when we are aware of what's going on with us and we can be aware of what's going on with the the people around us, and that helps create very healthy relationships. Because like I mentioned earlier, one of the many reasons people seek therapy is those interpersonal relationships. Mm. It ranks as one of the top five reasons people seek mental health services is because of issues in their interpersonal, interpersonal relationships, whether it's parent-child, whether it's with partners, whether it's siblings, they're seeking services to help improve the dynamic of those, of those relationships. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, once you start strengthening those, then you can start developing others, you know? Yeah. Like you said, people think of, yeah, you, know, uh, you know, well, I'm not in a relationship. You are in a relationship. Yeah. They're just different types of relationships. You may yeah. not be in a, 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 a love, I mean, in a, you know, a dating type relationship or a right. love relationship in that regards, but you're in relationships with the other people that you come in contact with. And, and if those are lacking, that may be a part of the reason why other areas or other interpersonal relationships are are lacking because there needs to be some a bit of mastery of you know being able to accomplish or to work on the ones that you're in even if it's just as simple as as the ones where you're interacting with the people through work and 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 i mean and that can be virtual or Mm -hmm. physical and because we're seeing a lot on the virtual end now and so uh do you think that 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 with the, the whole virtual piece that's been coming in now that, that you're seeing more of a disconnect with some people in their relationships or, or how they're processing the relationship because they don't have that physical piece all the time? I would say yes. Um, a, a few instances where people feel like not having that, that physical connection with the other person does impact the relationship. Now, the good thing is what I've noticed is when it's more video, mm-hmm. that tends to help. Even when, even though we're not in the same physical space, right. being able to see the other person. Yeah. They talk about like um, with the brain, neuro um, psychologists talk about like uh, mirror neurons. Mm-hmm. We kind of mirror what we're seeing the other person yeah. doing. If that person is smiling, I'm smiling. Right. So if it's just like over the phone or text messages, I've noticed people say, you know, I don't feel as connected. Yeah. But if it's more at least the FaceTime and they're seeing the person, seeing that interaction, it doesn't mean they're not missing the physical um, aspect of the relationship, but they at least still feel that connection to the person yes. that you don't get if you're um, texting or if, you know, I know with a lot of jobs they use Slack where we're on Slack kind of, you know, messaging back and forth yes. or we're using Zoom, but where the camera's not on. Right. 
you know, so oh, you're not wow. seeing the reaction. <laughs> right. Yeah, of the right. people that you're you're talking to. Because I used to teach and um for some reason the students that would have their cameras on, I felt more of a connection to. Yes. I could see their responses, I could see their facial expressions, whereas students that never had the cameras on, right. you know, as I was engaging with them, there was still that a little bit of that disconnect. Like I can't I can't see you. Like right. You are know, you there? Right. are you even there? You right. know, have you right. walked away from the computer? Right. Right. Yes. So absolutely. It depends on the kind of virtual connection where more the face to face virtually uh, people are able to still feel a connection as opposed to, you know, when cameras are off or people are texting or using Slack to communicate with mm -hmm. with their family, friends or colleagues. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and that's huge because we, we have become so tethered to our technology and to, like you said, texting. I mean, I don't know what our thumbs are going to look like years from now. <laughs> I just don't know because I mean, we, we spend so much of our time texting and responding to emails and, and sometimes our emotions get lost in translation because, yeah. you know, sometimes people use caps or they'll, they'll, yeah. you know, use exclamation marks or they'll say something. And I mean, we've even poked fun at it. You know, we you go on some <laughs> social medias and they show people texting and then they're like, tick, 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 tick. They, they go to type something. And they're like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to say that. You know, so you, I mean, there, there's some benefit in that because before you press send, sometimes you're like, oh, yes. let me reword that. Or maybe I need to think about how I said that. That didn't quite come out right. And Absolutely. It, you have the opportunity to do that. And then other times you press send and it's like, mm, it's just like if the words came out of your mouth, you can't right. read it back in. You can't <laughs> back in. So it's like, okay, that went out. And so now what? And so, you know, there are just, there are some, some challenges that come along with that as well. But like I said, getting, getting back to the burnout piece, mm -hmm. you know, I know that, you know, once we, once we identify that, that those issues mm -hmm. are there, and, and we begin to ask ourselves the questions, you know, like you said, am I putting myself first? Am I, am I, uh, you know, doing all that I can to, you know, create a space for me that, that expresses that self-care that I need so that I can in turn pour into others. Are there other things that, that, uh, you know, people can do with regards to, to working on that burnout? Because my thing is, if you're having burnout in one area, is right. it possible not to have it in other areas or is it a domino effect? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Absolutely. Um, one thing that I work with clients on also is learning to set boundaries. Mm -hmm. uh, and I come across clients who tell me it's hard for me to say no. And that puts us on the, on the path to burnout. So it's looking at different types of boundaries. There's emotional boundaries. There's time boundaries. There's boundaries that we need to set with others. So sometimes it's not no. It could be just not right now. Right. I don't answer emails after 5 p.m. That's my time for my family. Yes. That is a boundary that I'm setting with others. So that would be the example of, of a time boundary. You know, so or if I am working in an environment where maybe I be, I'm being spoken to in a way that's really impacting my emotional health, it's kind of standing up for myself mm -hmm. and saying, you know, I would prefer that I be spoken to in this manner, be spoken to respectfully, be spoken to kindly. So I look at how do we set these boundaries? Because mm -hmm. I often notice that people's boundaries are no longer there. Mm. you know so that's very important also values some of the values that they held very strongly are now compromised yeah so I value work-life balance 
And now all of a sudden I'm spending all my time working and I'm not living my life, spending time with my family, you know, tapping into my creativity. That is being um, compromised. Or I value my weekends as a time to, to rest and recover. And then you notice that on your weekends, all you're doing is working. Mm. So it's also working with clients around boundaries. And are you living, you know, according to your values? Yeah. And oftentimes people who are burning out are like, no, I'm not living according mm. to my values because I'm not doing the things that... I said I was going to do or I wanted to do or what was important to me. Yeah. And I mean, that's an important point because, you know, some people, you know, once they've gotten to that point of burnout and I'm sure once they come to your office, they may just, yeah, well, you know, I'm just burnout in every aspect of my life. I can't, you know, I can't function in, in any capacity. And, and I love that you say, again, it goes back to starting with you and, and starting to establish some of those boundaries that have been broken down. And I guess that's where the challenge can be too, because, because now, you know, you're, you're almost reneging on, on what you said, you know, some people say, you know, uh, what happens to you is what you allow to happen, Yes. you know, and, and, and you know, in some regards that's true, but then in others, you know, you have people who gaslight people, you have people who, who will, will make you feel as though you've done something wrong when you haven't. And then you begin to second guess yourself and then it just becomes, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it spirals out of control from there. So, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a matter of, like you said, looking, you know, making that self-assessment and, and being able to, to turn around and set those boundaries but at the same time, let people know, okay, yes, this may have been what, what was happening in mm-hmm. the past, but right now, yeah. you know, I'm, uh, th- there are some things that, that are just a hard no for me, you know, Absolutely. and you know, and you, talk, you, you speak about no, you know, that was something that was difficult mm-hmm. for me some years ago. I just thought, oh my gosh, like you said, I couldn't say no, but right. now what I say, instead of saying no, sometimes I just say, you know what? I'm not going to be able to give this my best effort. I'm not going to be able to do it. So, yes. so I can't do this right now. You know, that's what I do because you're, you're wanting to give and you're wanting to help and you want to do it in the best way possible, but you can't do that. You know, if, if, if you, if your feelings are compromised or, or you're not in this best space to do that. So I just tell people, you know, look, I just, you know, I am not in, in a good space to do that right now to give you my best. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna need you to ask someone else to do that. I'm not gonna be able to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And and you make a great point. It's once we decide to set boundaries and what those boundaries look like, we need to communicate to people what they are. Yes. People don't know there's boundaries there if we don't tell them. And they're used to relating to us a certain way. So mm. it's communicating that okay, these are my boundaries now. And I always also tell my clients, almost like a disclaimer, be ready for people to push against your boundary. They're not used to it. They're going to test it. Like, how strong is this boundary? Are you just saying this? So just expect that to happen. And I work with them on how do you deal with it when people push up against your boundaries? Because it will happen. Right. Because they're not used to dealing with us with these particular boundaries. So it's an adjustment process for us and for others yeah. who now realize that, wow, I can't call you after 10 p.m. Right. anymore. Right. But I think the biggest thing in even saying that is consistency. Yes. Consistent, you know, and, and we know that even as parents, you know, or even, yep. you know, 
children. They know who to go to. They know if they go to to mom or dad, whichever one it is, and, and they know I'm not even going to ask them because it's going to be a hard no every single time because <laughs> I know I'm not even going to bother to ask because I know consistently when it comes to this particular topic, they're going to say no. But if you yeah. have that person who's kind of sometimey, well, you know, yesterday, maybe no yeah. next week. So, you know, if there's not that level of consistency, people are going to push against that and say, okay, well, you know, maybe if I ask them again tomorrow, they'll say something different. So, no, it's not always yeah. a hard no. It's a it's a maybe. And if I think there's a window of opportunity for me to, to get a yes, then I'm going to shoot for it, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot. I love that you say that because it is important that even though we put things out there or we set boundaries, that there there is always going to be somebody who is going to push back on that because they aren't used to it and we can't feel some kind of way when they do. We have to yeah. anticipate that and expect that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. That is an excellent point. Yes. And also, in addition to the boundary that I encourage clients to do around burnout, it's trying to tap into activities and things that make you happy. What do you enjoy? What do you enjoy doing? You know, it's really amazing how movement is so good for the body. Mm. And I tell people, move. If you like to dance, dance. If you like going for a walk, you want jogging, jump rope, whatever it is that you like to do, move the body in some way because of the positive impact it has on your, your physical health, your mental health, and your emotional health. Very, very important. Um, also, I had mentioned earlier, soothing with the senses. Yeah. So what can you look at that's pleasing for you? You have a picture in your office. I love the ocean. Every, anytime I look at the ocean, it just makes me happy. What can you look at? Music. What yeah. is something you can listen to that really you know uplifts your soul when you listen to it? Yeah. Things that you can touch. You know, is there anything that you could touch that's very soothing while you're, you know, you're touching it and even taste, you know, are there certain foods that, you know, when you eat it, it's just, you know, yes. just your taste buds are just mm -hmm. so excited, you know, because we're always rushing to eat, you right. know, so there's this right. idea of mindful eating yes. where we're taking our time to eat and to enjoy what we're eating. Yes. So all these techniques that people can do on a daily basis, you know, as part of self-care is what I tell my clients to, to minimize stress, to prevent burnout, and to have more of a, of a balance. Mm -hmm. We have to take care of ourselves. It's so important because if I don't take care of myself, how can I be fully present for others? Right, right. You know? Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, it, it's, you know, it, it, like you said, it's a process. Mm -hmm. and, and I guess it's, it's a matter of people realizing that burnout is something that, you know, it, it can, it can, well, let me ask the question. Is it something that can reoccur? Yes, it can. It can reoccur when all of a sudden those boundaries that we had up there, we tear them down. Mm, okay. We allow people to now cross those boundaries. They can occur when we no longer are diligent about self-care. Mm -hmm. I tell my clients, schedule self-care like you would schedule your meetings. Mm -hmm. Like if I look in my calendar, I know 15 minutes, this is what I'm going to do. If, even if it's watching half an episode of Golden Girls mm -hmm. to have a good laugh, I'm going to do that. Right. So all of a sudden we begin to realize that we're no longer doing those things. Right. And then it puts us back on a path to burnout. So I always mention this, you know, as a coach and as a mental health professional, that when we talk about physical health, 
People right. know I exercise, I, I drink lots of water, I do all these things. Right. The same thing for your mental health, the same mm -hmm. thing for your emotional health. You got to work every day. You got to stay on top of it. You right. don't want to wait till you're in a crisis and now all of a sudden pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. So it's always being preventative, always making sure that we're taking care of ourselves, all aspects of self on yeah. a daily basis. The physical gets the most attention. Yeah. So I'm always trying to tell my clients, mental health, emotional health every day. What are you doing to stay on top of that health as well? Right. right. I mean, and, and that's an excellent, I love that you say that because it is, we are so caught up in the physical because if we work out and we eat properly so that eventually we can, we can physically see the results. People yes. don't think about the fact that people can feel and sense your emotions too. So those are, it, it's just as important for us Absolutely. to address those as we do our physical bodies to, to, to do that and, and to know what to do. Just like you said, when, when we talk about, you know, if we start to gain weight or something happens, we know that if we exercise, if we drink more water, if we do certain things, yes. it's going to produce a, a, a positive result. But, but what is in our toolbox when it comes to mental yes. Mental health, you know, we're not going to use a pencil to fix a, a clog in our toilet. We're going to use a plunger or we're going to, you know, so we have to have the tools that we need in order to, to, uh, you know, address the problems as they occur. And so I love Absolutely. that you say that, that is self-care and that is that consistency. It's the setting of the boundaries. It's the, you know, making sure that, that we have things that, that can, you know, spark our senses that can yeah. help us to, to, to self-soothe. Because yes. we have to be able to get to that space of coping. And that's my acronym for create our peaceful existence. How yes. are we creating our peaceful existence? How are we getting ourselves to that place where we can, you know, begin to self-regulate, begin to, mm -hmm. to self-soothe so that that way, you know, we're not constantly, you know, in that space of being on edge, you know? Yes. So, so I like that. And then she say, it's only five minutes. It doesn't have to be an hour. Yes. Exactly. Because when you start thinking about it that way, then the next, you know, it, it, the self-sabotage comes in. I just don't have the time to do that. Exactly. So exactly. Exactly. Yes, it's a mindset. And, and that's a great point. And something I always talk about with um, emotions. So just as you were saying before, like physically, we're like, okay, maybe I need to drink more water. This is what I need to do. Right. But when it comes to like our emotional health, our mental health, what are the tools that we can use? And yeah. oftentimes people don't have those tools. Yeah. They don't have it. So I'm like, you want to acquire those tools. And I tell my clients, put that in a locker room in your brain so that when something yeah. happens, you open up that locker room, you take that tool and you're able to regulate your emotions. You're able to process the emotion. I always say emotions are storytellers. Yeah. They're there to tell you a story. You need to listen to what they're trying to tell you. And then once you understand what they're trying to tell you, how do you exhale that emotion in a healthy way? Yes. You, you know, know, like you said, it's just like homeostasis, you know, yeah. it's a, it's a matter of, you know, there are certain things that our body does, but I think that so many of us have been, have been conditioned, especially our, our young black males have yeah. been conditioned to suppress, you know, Absolutely. suck it up. You know, mm -hmm. stop crying. Don't do, don't do that. So they've been taught to, to suppress their emotions. And yeah. so it's difficult for them to, you know, release them when it's time to release them they, because they've been told just to, you know, be quiet, sit back, yeah. don't say anything, you know, suck it up. And that, and I think that's the hardest thing for, for us to break, you know, that conditioning, how we were raised, or if we were raised to not express ourselves to, to now get to a space where 
where we're open to, to know that it's okay to express and talk about the things that are, are upsetting us or the things that are, 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 you know, disturbing us or to even speak up for ourselves. So, you know, it's so important that we do that. Absolutely. And, you know, just like you had mentioned too, the mindset has to do with socialization. How have we been socialized? Mm -hmm. And what you bring up is gender socialization. Mm -hmm. You know, males are socialized around, you don't show your emotion, big boys don't cry, Mm -hmm. you know, tough it up. And so what do they do? They suppress their emotions. Mm -hmm. And if we look at the word emotion, the E is next to motion. It's going to move. Wow. It's going to move. But the good thing about processing emotions and emotion regulation is you get to be the pilot. You get to decide how it's going to move. Yes. Because if you don't, then it's going to move how it wants to move. And sometimes not in the healthiest of ways. So I tell my clients, become the pilot and you get to decide how this emotion is going to move. Because you could try to bury it all you want. It's going to move. Right. I love that. I've never thought about that. Emotion. Are y'all writing this down? (laughs) (laughs) I hope y'all are writing this down because this is some good stuff. I mean, you're right. I didn't even think about emotion. So yes, it is in motion. It's something that's going to be in motion. Like you said, are you going to allow it to be on autopilot? Are you going to be in control of that emotion? I love that. I love that. That makes perfect sense. You know, and that's the thing, you know, I, I think as I've gotten older, it's like, you know, it's things that have to make sense. It has to make sense. Otherwise I'm sitting there like, what? I, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, it, it has to make sense. And that makes sense. You know, we, we have to be able to be in control, like you said, of, of our emotions and, and to determine how they're going to move. And, and so much of it, like you said, is socialization. You know, yeah. and I think about the challenge for those, like you said, who, who who experience those things culturally. Yes. Because because that's something you know it 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 compounds on top of the existing yes. you know socialization. Now you you're coming into a new space. You're mm-hmm. coming into a new environment that's unfamiliar, and now you've got to to you know understand the changes that come along with that. And sometimes Absolutely. socialization can be negative because it can be more open in an area where they were from and be and more constrictive or more, you know, reserved, yes. you know, coming into a new environment. So I'm sure that that for your clients that are, you know, are coming from another country, mm-hmm. there, there are some challenges that come along there. As well. Absolutely. And that's why I always want to know more about the socialization around around emotions and communicating about emotions. Um, did you come from a home where you were encouraged to talk about your emotions or were you discouraged? And also were certain emotions communicated to you as being negative? Because the one thing I say is there's no negative emotion. All emotions are good because they're there to tell you a story. Right. So anger is not a bad emotion. Anger just means that something that you value has been violated. So it's let me understand what what anger is here to tell me. Because I see that a lot when people push emotions away and say, I shouldn't feel this way. It's wrong to feel this way. I'm like, there's no bad emotion. It's a storyteller. So welcome the anger, welcome the shame, welcome the jealousy, welcome the guilt and understand what is jealousy trying to tell me? Right. What is guilt trying to tell me? Right. And usually when people do that, they're so amazed, like, oh, maybe jealousy is just saying I want what somebody else has. Right. So what? Uh-oh, you froze. 
right, she'll be back with us momentarily. There you go. You promised for yeah. a moment. There you go. You're back. <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. Now you were making a point about about you know all emotions being good and and how we have to make sure that we're looking into how those uh, you know how how we govern those emotions how we have you know absolutely yes it's just saying that guilt jealousy mm-hmm. anger or emotions that have had a negative rap yes. and when i tell my client that all emotions are good it's emotions are storytellers so when you welcome in those emotions you understand what they're trying to tell you mm-hmm. so like for example jealousy um, might, you know, get the bad rap. But if we welcome in jealousy, I've had clients say, it's just telling me that I want what somebody else has. Right. Okay, what's a healthy way of getting this? Maybe getting a mentor, right. you know, to help you acquire the skills that this person has. That's right. a healthy exhaling of the emotion. Yes. So, and even if we look at music, we we hear musicians that talk about welcoming emotions. Like, um, I love Billie Holiday. Yes. Uh, she has a song, um, Good Morning Heartache, you know, she welcomes heartache, you know, come in, sit down. She's trying to understand what heartache is, is telling her or, um, Simon and Garfunkel, um, hello, darkness, my old friends, you know, you know, you, you know, you've come to talk with me again, these are examples of people welcoming the emotion. Like, what are you trying to tell me? I need to understand it so I can exhale it in a positive, healthy way. Yes. And that's, and that's the key point. It's a matter of us being proactive and not reactive. Yes. You know, it's to express the emotion, but not to express it, express it in a negative way. And that comes with understanding. Like you Absolutely. Said. And, and it goes back, back to what we always hear. Why? You know, you, you have to ask the question, why do I feel this way? What's mm-hmm. causing me to feel this way? What is the root reason for me feeling this way? And, 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 and it's, and it's taking a deeper dive into ourselves. And, and I think that, um, with the pandemic for some, it has, uh, you know, given them an opportunity to sit with themselves because yeah. it's like you said, you know, we've been so busy and we can, mm-hmm. we can fill our lives with so many things that distract us so that we don't have to think about the things that are going on. And, and when this pandemic hit and the world quote unquote stopped, Right now, now, now some of us were forced to sit with it. And I think that's why we've seen some changes in people because they finally had to sit with what was going on. And now it's like, mm-hmm. mm, I don't know if I like this too much. I don't know if this is, yes. you know, w- w- how, I, how I want to, you know, this is what I want to do, or this is how I want to be. And, and Absolutely. people starting to, to seek help for those changes. So I know that we'll continue to see a surge in, in mental health and, and people seeking to, to, you know, try to figure out how best to, to deal with it. Like you said, how best to cope. So, yeah, this is, you know, it's, it's a challenge. It is, it is a challenge. It is something that I think that we'll be, um, you know, working on, you know, for, for, you know, the rest of our lives. It's a journey. Yeah. It's a journey. And just yes, like you it said, is. it's a matter of being prepared. Absolutely. Yes. We got to have that lockbox in our mind and and Mm -hmm. begin to to pull from that when we get to those spaces where we're feeling like things are out of control. So absolutely. I appreciate that. Uh, So what I want to do at this time, because I know we're getting close to our time here. um, I want to ask you how people can get in contact with you if they're interested in knowing about your services and and things that you have upcoming virtually. Sure. So if people would like to know more about my services, they can visit my website. So the mm-hmm. website is 
www.transformative.cc. And that's two C's, cat, cat. So www.transformative.cc. Mm -hmm. Or you can email me uh-huh. at Dr. Sola, D-R-S-O-L-A, at transformative.cc. And I will definitely get back to you. I'm one of those people. I respond to my emails within 24 awesome. hours. So awesome. I always look forward to, to hearing from, from people. Awesome. Awesome. Because, I mean, you have shared some wonderful information. I'm sure that people want to know more about you know, your services and, and what it is that you can do to help them to move from that space of burnout to balance because it's so important in this day and time. Okay. Now also, um, what I typically do is ask my guests what it is that they are doing to live in this now. What are some things that you are doing to, to cope and to, you know, create your own peaceful existence? The one thing that I do every single day to create my own peaceful existence is to step outside and just sit and admire nature and process my emotions. I do that every single day. I love just sitting outside in the backyard, looking at the trees, looking at the the sky, the birds, soothing with the senses, and then kind of opening myself up to what my emotions are telling me. And it has really transformed my emotional health and my mental health. And again, I do this in like five minutes. I go outside, I sit, I'm looking around, admiring nature. And I am just saying, how are you feeling today, Sola? What is the emotion? What is this emotion telling you? And how do you exhale this emotion in a healthy way and move forward in a life-affirming personal growth type of journey? So I do that every day for five minutes. Awesome. Awesome. And that's important. Like you said, it's important to be able to take, take a few minutes and just connect with you. Yes. You know, you know, just to touch yourself and just say, you know, I'm here. Yes. I'm here. And, and, and that's, that's a beautiful thing. And and what better way to do that than to connect with nature. And, you know, even, you know, there are some who take their shoes off, you know, and, 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 you know, (laughs) connect with earth and feel the the grass under their feet or the, the, you know, the dirt or whatever it is that, that just connects them because it's about connections. So I love that, you know, we, we talk about this as sensitive topic, and, and it's something that, you know, as the, as the holidays are approaching and people are coming to the end of the year, people feel like they're sliding into, into home base. Like, oh, this year is finally over. I couldn't wait for it to be over. And a lot of people look to reset at the beginning of the year. But that reset is something that's going to happen continuously throughout the course of the year. Yeah. We, you know, we, we, we can't always wait for a particular time and a place. We have to begin to set the wheels in motion, you know, right now. Because, yeah. you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or an hour from now or minutes from now. We don't know. And so it's best to, you know, begin to set the wheels in motion. And I think that, you know, it can be overwhelming at times, you know, because you've got so many things that are going on and, and, and we're trying to put out small fires everywhere. But we have to, you know, take that five minutes. Yes. Five minutes. And so very important. before we wrap things up, is there, are there any last minute things that you want our listeners to know with regards to starting that transition from burnout to balance. Yes. I want, you know, the listeners to know that self-care can be as little as five minutes a day. Think about something that you love. Think about something that you enjoy doing. 
think of something that brings you peace and think about how it could be a part of your daily routine. How can I make this habit forming that you know every single day, this is something I'm going to do for myself because I am important and I need to take care of myself. And that brings us on a journey of self-care and self-compassion, which is very, very important. Yes. All right. And so you heard it here. Thank you so much, Dr. Sola, for coming and sharing this vital information with us. Hopefully our listeners will will stop by your website. And uh, that again is www.transformative.cc. Or again, you can reach her at drsola at transformative.cc. And you are going to be able to go on and see things that she's got going on in her business and know that as a guest on the How Now podcast, you know, we're talking about what's happening right now, but there are always things that will be happening down the pike. So we always look to have you come back and talk about the new things that are going on in your business and, uh, you know, share those with us because we don't know what's going on around the corner, but we're excited about the things that are happening right now. So again, thank you so much for being with us and we look forward to seeing you on the show again. Okay, and with that, I'm going to say we'll do it for this edition of the How Now podcast where we talk about how to live in the now. And until we see you the next time, I say peace. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome.